Hello, everybody, and welcome to Charts with Dan. As noted last week, we're going to start doing this show on Tuesdays because that allows me to get all the information together, put it in form, get the graphics made, and I've added one or two other goodies uh, as kind of compensation. The fact that I now have a little more time to do the show that means you get an extra chart or two every week. Before we get to the charts, of course, as always, I wanna thank my partners here on the show, Carbon Health. They've been a great partner, not only because they believe in what I'm doing here on the show, but because I believe in what they're doing, which is to make healthcare affordable and accessible for as many people as possible. And as we enter the summer season, there's been reports of COVID numbers that might be ticking up a little bit. If you're in need of at-home antigen tests, you'll be able to go to any physical Carbon Health location. You can pick up two for a very low price if you can't find one in retail or if there's a Carbon Health location near you and you're in need of one. If you want to know where the nearest physical Carbon Health location is, you can check out their app. The app can tell you where the nearest actual location is. And if you want to check out the other services that Carbon Health provides, you can also see those on the app, including telehealth, which is uh, being able to see a doctor virtually if there's not a Carbon Health near you, but you would like to use their services. They've been a great partner for me, and I really appreciate what they do uh, because healthcare has been more important than ever here. Uh, and anyone that's trying to make it better and easier for people to access is somebody that I'm proud to have associated with the show. As we all knew would be the case this weekend, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was easily the number one movie of the weekend. This was also the official first weekend of the summer movie season, believe it or not. $187 million is where the movie came in. As we look here at the top five, $187,420,998 to be exact. The Bad Guys was a close second place with... $9.5 million. Not quite so close in its third weekend. That's a 41% drop. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in its fifth week stays in that number one slot, dropping 48%. Sony actually overestimated this movie by quite a bit yesterday, but it still ended up being number three. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore stays at number four with $4.2 million and Everything Everywhere All at Once. That movie is a box office sensation of its own type. In its seventh week, the smallest drop of the remaining films in the top five with a 36% drop off from last weekend and another 3.5 million dollars so as i mentioned it was the beginning of the summer box office we'll look at the tracking that i've done there's not really a whole lot of tracking to do so far but this was also the 28th film in the marvel cinematic universe hard to believe not including of course all of their tv shows etc that are now running concurrently with most of their movies and when we look at doctor strange in general how did it do well it was the 11th best opening of all time at the domestic box office just behind avengers age of ultron it was the seventh best opening weekend in the mcu so money wise no problems there marvel did what marvel does they took this first weekend in may sometimes the last weekend in april and they absolutely demolished the box office and we knew that this was going to happen. This was obviously an upgrade over the performance of the first Doctor Strange film because this is much more one of those Civil War type films where, yes, it's a Doctor Strange movie, but it's also much more an MCU saga movie. But there is one thing that I find at Marvel that I may be looking at as we go into the second week and that is perhaps a small source of concern. We've talked about it on the show before, and that is CinemaScore. CinemaScore, briefly for those who may not know, is a company who sends representatives out to different movie theaters in different parts of the country and they poll opening night audiences about what they thought of the movie. You give it a grade from A plus to F and usually it will help decide what the word of mouth may be. It's not necessarily how good or bad a movie is. It measures more expectation than anything else. And let's look at a history of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and CinemaScore. As you can see, four movies in the history of the MCU 
Avengers, Black Panther, Avengers Endgame, and Spider-Man No Way Home have scored an A-plus cinema score. 16 movies in the MCU, including Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, and the first Doctor Strange film have received an A cinema score. So of the 28 MCU films, the vast majority, 16, received an A. Five movies, including The Incredible Hulk, Thor The Dark World, and Black Widow, have received an A-. You can see here the lowest rated film on CinemaScore is last year's Eternals, which received a B. And then you see B+. There are only two films in the MCU that received the B-plus cinema score. One of them is the first Thor film. The other one is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And B-plus is not a great score when we're talking about these big, especially comic book-driven superhero movies, because you really want to connect with the general audience. When we talk about movies like Hereditary or The Northman, which just came out, those are movies where if a movie gets a weird cinema score, that means that audiences came in expecting one thing and didn't quite get that thing. But you kind of have to look at it in context. When you get a movie like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness that gets a B-plus cinema score, that means you're not quite hitting the mark in some form or fashion. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean bad things. Thor did pretty well at the box office. It, it held up well in its second weekend and beyond. Eternals is a tough one to track because uh, it was released during the pandemic last year, so there are other mitigating factors. So in a strange way, uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness will be our first modern test of what an MCU film does when it lands in this B-plus range. It could be because there are people, especially hardcore fans, which are the ones that show out on opening night, that wanted something different from the movie. As I said, it judges expectations. Maybe they didn't get what they wanted or expected from the film. Or maybe there are folks like me, to be honest, that just weren't as impressed with this film as they have been with other films in the MCU. How this movie does in the coming weeks is going to be a big indicator of what uh, public perception is and will help us to see what this cinema score actually means. But if I were someone looking at Marvel, I would look at Eternals getting that B and look at Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness getting the B+, keeping in mind that Spider-Man No Way Home technically is a Sony film, so the last two Disney Marvel films have been two of the three lowest rated films by CinemaScore audiences. If I were Kevin Feige and the team and, and looking to take notes, and I think you always should be, I think what I would say is that you're doing one of two things here. You're either uh, failing to meet audience expectations of quality, or you're just failing to meet audience expectations in general with the kinds of films you're making. If it's a quality problem, it's something you want to address. If it's an expectations problem, then it's something that you're going to want to try to figure out through marketing, etc., because you want that word of mouth to be great so that you can continue to make the kinds of films that audiences will come back to see again and again. So that's the only sort of shadow in the cloud of this release for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This weekend, we'll see what the drop-off is. If we see uh, a more abnormal drop-off than is usual, then perhaps it could be an issue with word of mouth. We just don't know. Uh, but great marks for the movie thus far uh, on a box office level. Also, when we look at this weekend, when compared to the average box office, this weekend, as well as last year's, you can see in 2021, last year, it took us almost the entire year until the release of Spider-Man No Way Home to beat the average box office for 2015 through 2019. But this past weekend beat the 2015 through 2019 average for the second time this year. So that was on the release of the Batman the first time. And now with the release of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So that's a good thing. That means the box office is not only recovering to be around pre-pandemic levels, but we're starting to see those spikes where we're going above pre-pandemic levels, not consistently, as you can see, but the fact that we've done it twice now this year is a really good sign. We'll see how Doctor Strange holds up this upcoming week 
weekend to see if we can stay above that average. It might be a bit of a tall order, but the more big spikes we see above that box office average, the better news it is because it means that large scale movie going is returning, not just for one or two weekends a year, but much more consistently. And when we look at the box office market share for 2022, I said last week, what a difference a week makes. This is last week's chart with the box office market share. And you can see as we roll to this week, just based off of the opening weekend of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Disney Fox picks up 8% market share. You see I've added the total box office number down at the bottom. So just over $2.1 billion in total box office for 2022. And in just one weekend, Disney Fox picked up 8% market share. They have now done 13% of the total yearly business for 2022. Paramount, WB, Sony, and the other category all lose 2% market share. Universal stays the same at 12%. Disney has been slumbering. They have been a sleeping giant for the first third of this year. They're going to be taking up a bigger and bigger part of this pie. And as you can see, a huge slice cut out in just one weekend. We knew that they were going to pick up a big amount of market share. I said 5 to 10%. That's exactly where they ended up with an extra 8%. And that little blue slice from Disney Fox is only going to grow from here. Now, one note that must be made, and it's a note that we're probably going to have to attach to every major event film going forward, is that the major theater chains here in the United States and domestically were charging more per ticket for Doctor Strange than other films that were happening at the same time and in the same theaters. And the breakdown I was looking at was that every theater chain was charging between 50 cents to a dollar more. I think AMC had the highest charge with about a dollar more per ticket to see Doctor Strange than all other films in the marketplace. This does reflect in the opening number. So we are probably going to start seeing more and more record-breaking grosses or saying, oh, that's the third largest, or the fourth largest, blah, blah, blah because theaters are beginning more and more to charge more for movies in their opening weekends. So you have to take that into account when we look at these numbers, when we look at the numbers for the Batman, when we look at the numbers for pretty much any big tentpole movie, they're going to be just a little bit higher because theaters are now charging a premium for moviegoers to go see them, particularly in their opening weekend. As I mentioned, this is the first weekend, I believe it or not, of the summer movie season, even though we're not quite at Memorial Day just yet. And we only have one movie eligible, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And congratulations, it is the number one movie of the summer so far because it is the only movie of the summer so far. I picked it as the overall number one. We'll see what happens with those cinema scores that could already put that choice in jeopardy. Uh, but it's going to be up there for a good minute. We're going to see other movies like Firestarter, which comes out this weekend, that are going to be on this chart by default for the next several weeks. But of course, we'll keep updating these charts. This is a look at my 2022 summer box office top 10 predictions. You see, my number one prediction was Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It is currently ranked number one. None of the other films that I predicted would be on this list have been released. None of them will be released until Top Gun Maverick on May 27th, almost uh, about three weeks from now. So this isn't really going to change a whole lot uh, in the next few weeks. But when we get to June, that's when we're really going to see stuff moving up and down that chart. One other quick note before we move on to the rest of the weekend numbers is that the total box office revenue for 2022 as of this weekend passed the total for the year of 2020 when theaters were closed for so many weeks out of the year. So four months plus into the year 2022, we've already bypassed the year 2020. And the number we're looking at to bypass last year's number is $4.5 So if the summer box office in total can generate another $2 billion and some change, that means that we will have by the end of the summer bypass 2021's box office total 
only time will tell. It just depends on how the rest of these movies do. Let's look at the rest of the charts for this weekend, and we'll start with the top per theater averages. No surprise here, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness in 4,534 theaters brought in $41,337 per theater. So it was a great weekend for theater owners. The second place film was in front of your face in just one theater. It generated $9,150. That is a Korean film from director Hong Sang-soo. Lux Eterna is the second film we've seen in about three weeks from director Gaspar Noé. It brought in $8,945 in one theaters. It is a 51-minute long film that was screened at Cannes in 2019. It's a movie that's supposedly geared to make the audience uncomfortable on purpose. Not a big shock from Gaspar Noé. The French film Happening in just four theaters averaged $8,500 per theater. It is an abortion drama from France. It won the top prize at the Venice Festival last year. And then in number five in just one theater is a re-release of the film Diva, also from France, $7,356 from one theater. So French films having a great week on the per theater chart with three of the top five. Doctor Strange had a great per theater average. It was the second best per theater average of the year behind another multiverse movie, the other big multiverse movie of 2022 so far, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Its initial run in 10 theaters brought in $50,000 per theater. That was enough to top Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness in its initial run. And I also have to say it's very hard to fit the titles Everything Everywhere All at Once and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness next to each other on a chart where you have very limited space uh, for text. So sorry for the sizing issues there. But yes, we see the best per theater average of the year, Everything Everywhere All at Once with $50,000 1,905 in its opening weekend in just 10 theaters. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness in second place with $41,337 in its opening weekend in just over 4,500 theaters. Then we have The Worst Person in the World when it opened in four theaters with $34,000. The Batman in its initial run with $30,000 per theater. And then Everything Everywhere All at Once also taking the number five spot in its second week of release when it was only in 38 theaters when it generated $28,000. Per theater. Are we going to see more wide releases breaking through on this chart, or do the limited release films maintain their dominance, particularly when we talk about everything everywhere all at once? Let's look at the specialty box office. These are films in what's called limited release, 1,000 theaters or fewer. And at number one is The Duke, which has expanded to a fairly larger amount of theaters after three weeks. 350 theaters generating $371,000 total in limited release. That's good enough for number one. Petite Maman from Celine Sciamma also expanded to a larger number of theaters, 224, and brought in $206,000. Ikomo SL is a movie that we have seen on the chart for a couple weeks now. It made another $74,350 happening, which we talked about uh, earlier on the per theater list, made $34,000 in four theaters, and Gaspar Noé's Vortex in 39 theaters rounds out the charts with $31,212. Let's look now at the 2022 limited release chart, and there are a couple of changes I want to make. The first is that, as I mentioned before, it's very tough to get final box office data for films out of the Indian market, and we've seen so many of them break through in limited and wide release 
released this year. Well, I got information that substantially updated the amount of money generated by one film out of India, and that is KGF Chapter 2. It jumped up big time to number two because the final reported result that I found now was $6.6 million. That's enough for second place behind BTS Permission to Dance as far as movies that were released in 1,000 theaters or fewer for the year. I'll be double-checking that number in case it was some kind of error, but if it's not, it's no surprise, and I know so many people have said, uh, you know, this number you got for this movie out of India is wrong. That's partially because the reporting is often a little bit slow to come in, but it seems like KGF Chapter 2 did a substantial amount more business than we knew of in the limited release market. Another change that I made is that I am including films that were released in 2021, but did the majority of their limited release play in 2022, and that's just because the awards season is such a big part of the limited release box office picture. So this is now a chart of 2022 from a calendar year perspective, meaning movies that collected money from January 1st, 2022 onwards, no matter when they were first released. So we'll see a couple of other additions to the chart this week. So BTS Permission to Dance remains at number one. KGF Chapter 2 apparently jumping to number two. That bumps Cyrano down one spot to number three. The Worst Person in the World down one spot to number four. The portion of Everything Everywhere All at Once's release where it was in limited release remains at number five with $2.3 million. Then we have our first edition, Parallel Mothers, which was released in late December of 2021, but did $2.2 million worth of business in limited release in 2022. That's good enough for number six. That bumps Uma down to number seven. Drive My Car was released in November 2021, but did the vast majority of its business as award show buzz picked up this year. It's $2,019,670 is good enough for number eight. That bumps Ratha Shyam down two spots to number nine and the 2022 Oscar shorts down to number 10. So this is how I'm going to keep track of the limited release charts from now on. Movies that did most of their business in 2022. I don't think that we're going to get any more additions because uh, any movie that would have been released in late 2021 has already gone through the award show gauntlet, uh, has likely already been made available on physical media or digital media in some form. But it just felt more complete to present the box office just based on how much money had changed hands this actual year, especially when we look at limited release where the big awards films have such a presence. So that's how we're going to be looking at that chart uh, from now on. Let's take a look outside of the domestic marketplace now and look at the international marketplace. And no surprise here, but Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was number one here as well with a reported $265 million outside of the domestic marketplace. So a huge bow for the movie there. Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Dumbledore, a distant number two with $10.8 million internationally, followed by Sonic the Hedgehog 2 with $8.2 million, The Bad Guys with $7.1 million, and Downton Abbey, a new era as it continues to steam its way towards theaters here domestically with another $6.5 million. So when you take the international numbers, you match them up with the domestic numbers, we get our top five worldwide. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was number one with an estimated $452 million. It could be a little bit above or below that, but that's about the number that it made. So nearly half a billion dollars in the bank for Doctor Strange in the first weekend, weekend of release. Movie going is back worldwide, ladies and gentlemen. The Bad Guys at number two with 16.9 million. Fantastic Beasts at number three with 14.7 million. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 at number four with 14.4 million. And The Lost City at number five with 7.9 million. 
Before we move on, I'd like to thank the sponsor for today's show, which is ExpressVPN. And you know, we've all done it. We're trying to hide our tracks online. Maybe you're searching for a holiday gift for a loved one on a shared computer and you don't want them to see where you've been going or what kind of present you've been looking at. Or maybe you're just a secret fan of Coco Melon and you don't want your coworkers knowing what it is you're watching while you're on your lunch break. And most people would say, well, why not just go to incognito mode or clear the browser history? There's no digital trace of that, right? wrong because no matter what internet service provider you use or how many times you clear your history or use a different mode your isp can still see every single website that you've ever visited that's why even when i'm at home i don't go online without using expressvpn which i'm actually running as i record this show right now no matter who your internet service provider is isps in the united states can legally sell your information to ad companies expressvpn reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so that your internet service service provider can't see the sites you visit. They also keep all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. And this is not something to be intimidated by. You don't have to be a computer programmer to know how to use it. ExpressVPN is incredibly easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected and it's available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse not to be using it. You can protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by Business Insider by visiting my exclusive link at expressvpn.com slash Merle, where you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Merle, M-U-R-R-E-L-L, expressvpn.com slash Merle to learn more. And I want to thank ExpressVPN for sponsoring today's show. Let's look at the 2022 domestic box office overall. The Batman remains number one. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, though, enters the chart for the year at number two with its $187 million debut. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 drops down one spot to number one. Uncharted drops down one spot to number four. The Lost City drops down one spot to number five. Fantastic Beast stays where it is because it was able to surpass the box office gross of Scream, which drops two spots to number seven. Morbius, Dog, and Jackass Forever all drop one one spot and death on the nile drops out of the 2022 domestic top 10 but much like the limited release chart i also wanted to kind of contextualize uh, what the 2022 domestic box office looked like as far as what movies sold tickets this calendar year so beginning january 1st 2022 this is another edition that you're going to see here on the show each and every week so this is the year 2022 and the grosses of films domestically since january 1st the batman has been the biggest box office draw of the year with 360 $69 million. Spider-Man No Way Home was the second biggest draw of the calendar year with $231 million since January 1st. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, though, is a strong number three, followed by Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Uncharted, The Lost City, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Then we have another 2021 release, Sing 2, at number eight with $86.3 million, followed by Scream and Morbius. So I will keep updating this chart as long as there are still 2021 movies on this chart, and you'd have to bump Spider-Man No Way Home pretty far down. I guess if a lot of movies really hit, then $231 million could get bumped off this chart entirely. But we see here that two films released last year, Spider-Man No Way Home and Sing 2, doing enough business here in the year 2022 to be amongst the top 10 grocers. 
Let's look now at the worldwide box office for 2022. The Batman still remains number one with just under $765 million, followed by the battle at Lake Chongjin 2. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness enters the chart at number three with $450 million plus. That keeps Uncharted at number four, and then Too Cool to Kill, which is down at number five. That has been a really weird case because money has been coming off of that gross for the last couple weeks. Somehow it's actually losing money as it goes along, so it actually drops two spots to number five. Fantastic Beast drops one spot to number six. Sonic the Hedgehog drops one spot to number seven. Nice View drops one spot to number eight. The Lost City manages to go up one spot to number nine. That's because it's still doing fairly well at the global box office. That actually drops Morbius down two spots to number 10. Boonie Bears Back to Earth drops off the chart entirely. So we will see how far Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness will climb up the worldwide 2022 chart. When we look at the worldwide box office for the previous 365 days, so you take today's date, you wind it back an entire year. We can see how the movies in the last year have done. Spider-Man No Way Home remains number one with just under $1.9 billion, followed by the Battle at Lake Chongjin and No Time to Die. The Batman seems to be running out of steam. I don't know if it's got that extra $10 million left in it to overtake No Time to Die. F9, very close to rotating off this chart, now less than three weeks away. It has been on the charts for 348 days. The Battle at Lake Chongjin 2 is at number six. Venom Let There Be Carnage at number seven. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness debuts on the chart at number eight. It'll be at at least number seven by next week. That bumps Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings down one spot. You can kind of put that into perspective here. Worldwide, Doctor Strange beat the global gross of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings in just one weekend. That's the difference between pandemic movie going and non-pandemic movie going, uh, along with a lot of other factors. Sing 2 is at number 10, down one spot, and Too Cool to Kill just having a bad week. It drops out of the top 10 entirely as we await the rest of the summer movie season to see what other movies will join the box office top 10 worldwide. Before we take a look at the streaming chart, I always like to take a look at a weekend in box office past, and we're going to go back to a very familiar scenario. It's the first weekend in May. Sam Raimi is directing a Marvel film, and it has a great opening weekend at the box office, and we're going to go back 15 years ago to May 4th through the 6th, so the exact box office date, but 15 years ago when Spider-Man 3 was the number one movie. Not only was it the number one movie, it set a new mark for the biggest opening weekend ever. Ever, which Sam Raimi had already done with the first Spider-Man film, $151 million in its opening weekend. Disturbia was the number two movie that weekend in its fourth week with $5.8 million. The number three movie was Fracture, which if you haven't seen it, has Anthony Hopkins and Ryan Gosling. If you like crime thrillers, sort of courtroom drama type whodunits, I highly recommend that. $3.4 million in third place. The Invisible, which is directed by David S. Goyer and which I had no functional memory of ever existing in its second week was at number four with $3.2 million. And at number five was the Nicolas Cage, Julianne Moore film Next in its second week with $2.8 million. So Sam Raimi, uh, we go back 20 years ago, he's got that huge success with Spider-Man. We go back 15 years ago, he's got a huge success with Spider-Man 3. And now inside the MCU proper, he has another great weekend with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So Sam Raimi has been very good to Marvel. 
and Marvel has been very good to Sam Raimi. As always, before we leave, I like to take a look at what people are watching at home, and we start with the top rentals on iTunes. What are people buying, renting, and watching on their Apple devices? Uncharted remains at number one, still available only for purchase, so Sony making a lot of money with that movie. And with the movie at number two, Spider-Man No Way Home, available for purchase and rental, so Tom Holland yet again taking up the top two slots on iTunes. Moonfall is at number three. The Liam Neeson film Blacklight enters the chart, available for purchase and rental at number four. Scene 2 hanging around in that top 5, continuing to print money. Ambulance is at number 6, available for purchase and premium video on demand. Ghostbusters Afterlife returns to the chart. That's hung around for quite some time after coming out in late 2021. Jackass Forever is at number 8. Dog is at number 9. And Infinite is at number 10. All of those holdovers from last week. You know, I'm always interested in seeing what people are watching on Netflix, so let's take a look at the numbers for the 10 most watched programs on Netflix using my Merle metrics, which measure potential finished views, how many people could potentially have watched the entire season or movie or whatever. It's a way of kind of evening the playing field between movies and TV shows. This is for the weekend of April 25th to May 1st, and the number one, and this is actually the third highest, I believe, debut weekend or weekend of any kind for any program on Netflix. Netflix was the sequel 365 Days This Day, which was watched for an estimated 77.9 million hours for a potential finished views number of 42.2 million globally. People seemingly very thirsty for new movies and 365 Days This Day apparently quenching that thirst at number one. Silverton Siege, which is another Netflix movie, a distant number two with 12.1 million potential finished views, followed by Ozark Season 4. I measured this by the new episodes, the final part of the fourth season that were released, 10.9 million potential finished views. The Mystery of Marilyn Monroe, people still wanting to unravel that mystery, I suppose, at 9.1 PFV. The Marked Heart Season 1 at number five with 8.4. Conversations with the killer John Wayne Gacy at number six with 6.9 million potential finished views, followed by Anatomy of a Scandal at number seven, Heartstopper season one at number eight, a Netflix movie called Honeymoon with My Mother. I don't really know if I want to know what that one's about. 5.8 million potential finished views. And Selling Sunset Season 5, sounds like a bit of a tongue twister, at number 10 with a 5.5 PFV. Let's wrap out as I've been doing by looking at the Nielsen streaming numbers. This includes some streaming services, but not all. Some like HBO Max have thus far chosen not to participate. But this is a way of kind of looking at different programming across a lot of different services, some of which do not report any numbers. This is all data collection that is done by Nielsen. The only the caveat being there is a delay. So these are the numbers from April 4th through 10th going back about a month. And we'll look first at the most watched streaming movies. The minimum view here is counted as two plus minutes and this is in the United States only. And we'll see that Encanto is at number one with 10.1 million hours watched, even though it's in its 14th week of release, remaining a phenomenal success as far as view time on Disney Plus. Turning Red, another Disney Plus at number two with 9.4 million hours watched in its fifth week of release. So you can see now the value for Disney Plus of putting these movies on their streaming service after either no theatrical run or an abbreviated theatrical run as we saw with Encanto. Kanto. At number three is Shrek Forever After. The Shrek films are hugely successful when Netflix has them with 5.3 million hours watched. Seeing two on Amazon, 
3.7 million hours watched. So this movie is getting watched no matter where you go. Followed by the Amazon original movie, All the Old Knives. So you can see how that kind of stacks up amongst some of the library titles or titles that are available for rental or purchase. The Bubble on Netflix in its second week at 3.2 million hours watched. Followed by The Adam Project, a very popular film that's hung around, although you can see it and Turning Red were both in their fifth week of release, Turning Red generating about three times as much watch time as The Adam Project. So I think really the youth-driven nature of Turning Red helping to sustain that watch time on Disney+. Plus. Catch and Release, available on Netflix, is there at number eight, along with Without a Paddle at number nine. These are likely library titles that rotated onto the streaming service that first week of April. And then another library release, Moana, which I have in its 123rd week of release, generating three million watch hours on Disney+. Plus. So I love looking at this chart particularly because it really does show you the value of the movie library for Disney+, Plus, both the original movies and the library films, because it's obvious that a big asset for them are these animated films that kids are watching a lot, probably parents watching with their kids along with, you know, big Disney fanatics, the movie's a big driver for watch time on Disney+. Plus. Looking at the 10 most watched streaming shows, again for the week of April 4th through the 10th, Bridgerton on Netflix, the most watched show of the streaming services that Nielsen was able to measure with 27 million hours watched here in the United States. Better Call Saul at number two. So as people were gearing up for the new season, new episodes were available on Netflix, 15.2 million hours watched, a lot of catching up uh, people were doing there. A reality show that premiered on Netflix the same week, The Ultimatum with 13.9 million hours watched, followed by Heartland, Coco Melon still in the top five. Speaking of kids watching something over and over, The Last Kingdom at number six. This is very interesting, Moon Knight at number seven, and this is based off of just two episodes being available. So this is where Moon Knight is unique. There were only two episodes available, and yet the watch time was enough to put it at number seven on this chart with 10 million hours watched. So we have a lot of people watching week to week as far as Moon Knight goes. Is It Cake at number eight with 10 million hours watched on Netflix, followed by Criminal Minds at number nine with 8.9 million hours, and Queen of the South returning to the chart at 7.9 million hours. And that does it for this episode of Charts with Dan. There is not a lot of competition for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness here in its second week. We have Senior Year, which is a new film that is uh, streaming on Netflix this upcoming weekend. Of course, there are always a slew of films that are entering limited release, and the only wide release coming out is a remake from Blumhouse of the Stephen King adaptation Firestarter, but even that one is going to be available simultaneously in theaters and on Peacock. So Peacock's still doing that whole theatrical day and date thing so whatever competition firestarter would have posed which honestly was not a whole lot is lessened even more by the fact that people can stay home and watch that i'll probably check it out you may be able to stay tuned here on the channel for a review of it because yeah, why not there's nothing else coming out thank you so much for watching charts with dan here on the channel as i mentioned the show will now be on tuesdays although i may start doing something on sundays it's kind of like a box office brief basically just sort of a a sketch of what the box office picture was for the previous weekend and a primer for what we're going to look at here on the show this week but i also want to make sure that i'm doing some extra stuff for the show like the calendar year charts etc that makes it worth waiting till tuesday uh, for all these numbers you can also stay tuned here on the channel for the latest news reviews box office whatever i feel like talking about and if you want to see even more of what i want to you can check me out on patreon at patreon.com slash dan merle this week we're doing dan's movie club as we always do the theme is movies that feature actors from the star wars franchise to sort of celebrate may the 4th and everything that goes on in the month of may to celebrate star wars and we have 
have a great lineup. We have The Fugitive starring Harrison Ford. We have Black Swan starring Natalie Portman. We have Logan Lucky starring Adam Driver. And we have one of my personal favorite underrated films, Shattered Glass starring Hayden Christensen. So we'll all be watching those movies this month. And I'll be doing a video that you can only get over on Patreon with uh, reviews and discussion topics, etc. That is available for all patrons over on Patreon at the $5 level and above. So come and join and be a part of Dan's movie crew or just kind of look at what we got over there and join at whatever level you want to. Thanks so much for watching the show. Thanks, of course, to my partners at Carbon Health and my sponsors, ExpressVPN. But most of all, you. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you soon. Bye.